Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the News Agent Podcast. I'm Susie Lice at Goodlord Senior Content Executive, and today I'm joined by Derek Maguire. Now, you're Managing Director of Anthony Martin Estate Agency, but you're also Director at Anthony Martin Franchising. I believe I've got that correct, yes, Derek. that's correct. I exactly. love papers. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, we'll delve into to that a little bit um, uh, throughout this podcast. But first of all, welcome. Thank you very much for, for joining me today. Thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Not a problem at all. So um, in today's episode, we'll be talking a bit about franchising for estate and letting agencies. Um, Derek, I think you're definitely the right person to be talking to. I know that you've got a lot of experience. I think you've set up a fair few franchises from scratch and not just in the UK. Yes. Um, so I think I'll perhaps leave it to you to, to talk a bit about that. I mean, if you could just talk us through a little bit about your story, really, what's your background and how did you build up this expertise, really, in franchising? Oh, okay, actually, the, the journey started as a franchisee, uh, which uh, I always felt put me in good stead to become a franchisor. Uh, I was actually a, a policeman in Scotland uh, who then decided I wanted a change of direction. I always felt I, I could run my own business. I didn't know how to do it because it didn't run in the family. So uh, I looked for franchises uh, and I found uh, Belvoir way back in the mid-90s. I took a franchise with them and I understood how it worked. It was brilliant because they gave me they gave me the organisation I didn't have, which I'll touch on later on in regards to franchising. But it was wonderful to get in and see see how the business should be run. And, and I was, you know, was out there doing the sales side of it. So it was very successful. I, I sold the business four years down the line uh, for a, a, a good amount but and then got into off-plan sales because I wanted to get sales into my uh, CV because I was just lettings. Transitioned through the 2000s and then the 2008 came and everything stopped in the UK. Uh, so I had to look for something new and uh, went back into lettings as a manager uh, in Manchester but then the property franchise group, who they are now, but were Martin & Co. at that time, approached me and uh, I met John Coop, who interviewed me and I became an area manager for them, uh, looking after 52 offices. There's a famous slide they have, which shows Inverness, Dover, Poole and Belfast. And actually, they were all my offices, ironically, because it was showing the, the breadth that they could go. And then I had a great time at Martin & Co. I loved it. John Coop taught me so much. Uh, he fine-tuned me. But then I got headhunted to go to Dubai to work for a company called Estico, uh, Abdul Salem and Trading Enterprises Company. Uh, Mr. Abdul Salem uh, is now actually the head of Formula One. For those people that might follow Formula One, he owned the company. Uh, so I set franchising up there in Dubai, Abu Dhabi, Saudi, Jordan, Kuwait, Bahrain. Uh, had uh, plenty of international trips to China and India. Uh, it was hugely challenging when you go abroad, hugely, hugely challenging, but it was great to have it on the CV and, and still bring in pure franchising uh, as we know it in the UK, which is what I've always brought in. Uh, and then uh, got uh, headhunted again and uh, had the role at Chesterton's, head of international at Chesterton's in London, uh, setting up franchising there uh, for them to go globally. I looked after uh, 26 offices for them throughout the world. Uh, Cheston's Global is separate to Chesterton's UK, the two separate companies. But then the call of abroad came again, and uh, I went to Malta this time to sell franchising. And uh, I'm hugely proud that in the COVID period, which is when I literally landed in Malta and three months later COVID hit, hit the world, 
but I set up seven franchise offices in Malta in that period. But uh, all along, uh, I've always brought in the, 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 proper, the proper way of franchising, as I would call it, inverted commas. Uh, but to, you know, abroad does challenge you. But now, uh, Anthony, I've known Anthony for uh, four years, and he approached me uh, to say, you know, do you want to come on board? I want to do franchising, uh, you know, make me a director, shareholder. And that's what I was looking for is, is that uh, more security of, of the shareholding and the chance to do it again, but do it again in the UK. And it'll be my last song, my last uh, dance, shall we say. Thank you. I'm getting a bit older now. But uh, it, it's lovely to be back and uh, have a clean canvas again to to set up franchising. You know, I, I've you know I, I've worked for the two the two biggest, and I would arguably say the two best, obviously uh, in the UK. And you know, they are superb at what they do. Uh, I just want to be a bit more different than them. But uh, that's my background. So it's uh, I've walked the path of the franchisee, and I'm now walking the path of the franchisor. No, it's uh, it's incredible the amount of experience that you've had, and obviously it does make sense that you know to go from a franchisee to being uh, to working on the other side of the fence. It's yeah. uh, obviously must feed into a lot of um, how you can advise. And uh, it does. You know, the same poacher become gamekeeper comes to mind uh, there. <laughs> yeah. You know, but also it's lovely to to be able to see. I call them my little ducklings, them growing and then letting them go out to see. You know, they need you a lot. I had a call with my Sutton franchise this morning. Uh, and you give them advice and then gradually they call you only once a month and it's once every three months because you've set them on their path in life or business life. Yeah. So it's lovely to see their success because you feel a part of that success, you know, maybe 10% of it, but still a part of it. No, of course. It's nice to be able to see how companies grow. And uh, yeah, like you say, nice, nice to think that you have a bit of a part in uh, in helping that expansion. And it is interesting, the difference. Uh, I know that we will touch on this, but the challenges and so on, the fact that you've uh, you've moved and you have done this in the UK, but you've done it everywhere else as well. I know that when we were chatting before, I think it was the terminology changing. Just something simple, as simple well, as that is, uh, it can have quite an impact. Yeah, it's bad enough. Uh, England, Scotland were an AST and an SAT. Uh, you know, but then you, you go abroad and it's real estate, not a state agency. You know, even is it a valuation or is it a listing? Is it a market appraisal? Is it what is it? And just having to tune your brain into each country, uh, it is, let alone trying to learn some of the language of those countries and learn the laws of those countries. Like I can tell you how to sell a property in Jordan and how to sell a property in Scotland. I don't think as many people can uh, can have that claim to fame. No, well, I, I certainly can't. So, it's, <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure that you're right. It's uh, especially the fact that you seem to be moving back and forth too. So it's that constant switching uh, between between uh, where you are. Well, perhaps let's let's kind of take it back to basics um, first of all as well. Let's um, for those listeners out there that may not really have considered the franchising model before. What is franchising? Really taking mm-hmm. it back to basics. What in, what is franchising, and how does that model work? Yeah, so it's always a very good question. Uh, franchising is a, it's a method of expanding a business and a service through a licensing relationship. So, uh, you know, if I, I can only give me as an example. I wanted to have my own business, but I did not know how to set it up. So with a franchise, you get you, the, the seven facets, but uh, they come in that you get the brand, you get there's the role of the franchise, or cover them all, the role of the franchisee, the system, the relationship between the franchisor and the franchisee, the investment and the franchise agreement. Now, whenever you, you go into franchising, there's five five 
items that you you, you get. And I like a good acronym. I've learned them all in, in Dubai. Dubai, when you sit in meetings, it's all acronyms. In the UK, we probably use more the full word, but the acronym I would use is TOMBS, T-O-M-B-S. So with, with uh, franchising, you'll get the training. Now, if you were to try and do it yourself, to get a trainer is hugely expensive. They are exceptionally good. I've come across some brilliant ones in my time uh, and, you know, I have a lot of time for them, but they are expensive. And you get an operating system uh, to use. Now, within the operating system, obviously, we touch on Good Lord can come in within the operating system, but you get the operating system that has been tried and tested and knows that work. Whereas if you go out yourself to look at it, there's so many out there, and you'll fall for the one that gives you the best patter, the best salesman, or you might go for the cheapest because you're looking after cost. That could set you the wrong way straight away. So we give you an operating system that we know works with with an operations manual that tells you how to do it. Now, that operations manual in itself is hugely important. The one we have at Anthony Martin Franchising is 93 pages long. Uh, I update it every six months. And when update, I mean I add to it. So this is just, you know, being adding and adding and adding. You also get marketing uh, help. We use a company called Sharphawk uh, who do all our marketing and uh, they're exceptional. But again, we give the ideas out there for the franchisees to use. So hence a franchisee gets marketing, but they don't really have to pay for it unless they want something that's not on the shelf. So if we've designed it, it's there for them. If they want it, then that's only time they'd incur cost. But they also get the brand you know the brand that that has that's got the name that is known. Uh, uh, you know uh, Anthony Martin French estate agents have gone eleven years, so you've got a brand that's known in North Kent. However, you know if you go for the rivals, they're also known. So the name's out, so you're getting a brand. You know I could easily have opened up as DM Properties, saved myself uh, eighteen thousand plus VAT, but I would never have sold for the amount I sold. Probably wouldn't have been a success because the brand the brand gets you to the door. But once you're at the door, it's you, okay? Once you go through that door, it's Derek. But to get to that door, it's Anthony Martin Franchise. So it gives you that brand. And finally, the support. There's always a support mechanism. And, you know, the first two, the T and the S, the training and the support are two that are, that are close to my heart. And if you train and you support, you will more or less be guaranteed success. And I use the word more or less. You know, when I talk about training, I say, people say, I don't need, I had one manager said, I need to come in the manager's training because I've been a manager for 10 years. And I said, Tiger Woods was number one in the world for 10 years and he still had a coach. So does that answer your question? So he did come to the training and he did learn from it. So we all can learn. You know, I love, I read up every day. I try and soak up. So, and I love training, online training, you know, LinkedIn, do some good stuff. The, the good Lord uh, emails that come out with all their little uh, advice are superb. But support, there's no point training if you're not going to support them. You're not going to be there with the phone and uh, be available at 6 o'clock at night or 7 o'clock at night just for a little, you know, a little bit of, not compassion, but a little, just, yes, okay, you're doing the right thing. Because everyone needs that. I don't care who you are. You just need every now and again, you know, to bring you back like a sheepdog, bring the sheep back, go this way. It's a couple starting to move. So you get you get the training, the operating system, the marketing, the brand, the, the support when you take a franchise, which is hugely important because that's what every good organization does. 
it trains its people, it gives them operations manual, they market it, they give you a brand and they support you. Like McDonald's still market. If McDonald's stopped marketing, Burger King would take the market share. If Coca-Cola stopped marketing, Fanta would take the or Pepsi, sorry, would take the market share. So, but they always support their people. So that's in the long and the short of it. Uh, what franchising gives you. No, that's definitely a good five solid uh, solid things that can obviously help a lot of uh, agents out there that are looking at setting up and perhaps don't necessarily know, you know, perhaps where to start and knowing that they just have all of this support behind them. I mean, would you say that there's a, a typical agent that would look at taking on a franchise branch? You know, would you say that there's, this is perfect for X, Y and Z? You know, is, yeah. is there any advice you could give? No, there? that's a good question. There's, there's two ways of... of uh, uh, well, there's probably three, actually three ways of growing a franchise brand. Number one is a cold start, which was me, okay? It's someone who's looking for a change of direction in their career. You know, at the minute, COVID has brought a lot home to people. They were in jobs that they thought were protected for life, and now they're not. Uh, but they've got skill sets that they're wondering how to use them. Some of them, sadly, might have had redundancies, you know, uh, and they, they don't know what to do with their money. Do they put it in a low interest account and be lucky if they get 1%? Uh, do they put it in an ISA? They don't know what, what to do. These are all things I was at. You know, I had £40,000 in the bank and I thought, what am I going to do? You know, what am I going to do? And uh, the cold start, it's, a franchise is perfect because it's it's the comfort blanket. It's the safe pair of hands. It's the advice, you know, like a grey hair, what I've got. Uh, even though I've not got much, but you get a lot of experience. You know, I say to people, I've made every mistake in the book. I don't know everything. I know lots, but I don't know everything. But I've made all the mistakes. So I can say to you, if you do that, this is what's going to happen because I've done it and it's been wrong. So uh, for the cold start, that's great. The second one is is the real estate agent in, in you know, uh, let's say Tunbridge or Tunbridge Wells. It's six or seventh in the list. And they've got the big behemoths of the property franchise group and Loman Capital and uh, Belvoir are taking the first three places and they've got a heart and blah, blah, blah. So they're never going to get above seventh because they, they haven't, haven't got the resources or the connections to do that. Some might, I may add, it's wrong to say all of them, but the vast majority. So what we offer is a rebrand. where We say we'll rebrand you if you want to come on board with us and join our team. And we'll give you enhanced support, enhanced training. But you become part of a really strong network now. So you're not standing alone. And we can take them on. So, so the rebrand is, is another good way. The final way, which is more expensive way, is to buy a, a few companies like Loman Capital are sweeping everything up at the minute. But buy them and then gradually migrate them across. It's not the preferred option because that's, that's money out at the start. You know, option one, option two are the preferred. Uh, personally speaking, we're, we're targeting both uh, the cold starts through a marketing campaign uh, on the, on uh, through Facebook and LinkedIn, but the, the the others are getting targeted on a case by case basis. So, yes, it's it's really a cold start. Someone who wants a change in direction in their life and always want to own their own business. And what I say is control their destiny. Because a lot of us are controlled by our bosses and, you know, will we get promoted? We don't know. Can we get promoted? Because there's a ceiling. 
you know, what do we do? And we get a bit frustrated and you don't know what to do. Your frustration then ends up you not doing your work and maybe getting told off. And, and you know, there's always a, 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 a fear of change. You know, is change good, is change bad? I'm someone that doesn't fear change. You know, I'm, I'm doing my 26th home move, you know, so change, I envelop it. But I, I'm the glass half full man. I see solutions while others see problems. I always look at something and think, how am I going to solve this? I don't think, oh, sugar, how are we getting out of this? This is bad. I think, how are we going to solve it? The franchise gives you that. It gives you that experience. Like Anthony himself has been going in the business more than 20 years. So he's hugely experienced, not just me. His first ever member of staff was Charlie Ben, who's still with him after 11 years. There's a, there's a deep lion experience within our brand, which a franchisee can can dig into. And as well as obviously having all of that expertise and experience to take advantage of um, when when setting up their branch, how much kind of freedom do they still have to, you know, take some of their ideas and run with it? You know, how how, how does that, uh, their sort of independence, um, marry yeah. in with, uh, with the idea that they're under this umbrella? Yeah, that, that's a very good question. Uh, it comes down to when I said there's seven facets. The fifth one is franchise or franchisee relationship. And the seventh is the franchise agreement. Obviously, we're governed by the franchise agreement, uh, which is a, a large document, and it, it, it's important for both parties. It protects both parties, the franchise agreement. Uh, however, if you have an, a strong relationship, I'm all I'm for ideas. If someone has an idea, I'm more than willing to talk it through them. I prefer face-to-face. We'll go and see them, and we'll talk about it. I'll challenge them. I'm not, I'm, I maybe go and think this is a great idea, but I still want to challenge them just to see they've thought it all out. So as long as they stick between the brand guidelines and within the franchise agreement, and obviously the laws of the land, which are you know without question, then we're open to that. Because again, if, if you know, in, in my old days, in the Martin Co days, one of the branches, uh, I think it was Bournemouth, Darren Luce at Bournemouth, came up with a great email that he sent out that got him a lot of new landlords. I love that because I pushed it out to mother fifty one offices. So this is the beauty. You know, if, if you're in the state agency in, in Canterbury, you can't go to the next door agent, the state agent, and ask them what their key to success is because they're not going to tell you. Whereas you can talk in your, to the other franchisees or to me, why is, why is uh, Anthony Martin Swanscombe doing so well at the minute? Well, it's because he's putting leaflets out and he's doing social media, he's doing this, and this is what he's done. Awesome. Can we have that, Derek? Of course you can have it. It's, it's in SharePoint uh, within the system, you know, within the library. So the great thing is that you can talk to them. You know, I go back to, to my example. I, I want, I'm hugely competitive and I want to be number one. So when I first started Belvoir, I asked who are the top three in the country? And they said Terry Lucking and Paul Collins and Leighton Norris. So Nottingham, Lincoln and Loughborough. No, it wasn't Loughborough. Well, I forget where Terry, Peterborough. So I said, right, I'm going to go and visit them. So I drove from Scotland spent two days going to each office and I basically said, what's the secret? How many staff do I need? What's the proportion of, of negotiators, listers, or whatever you want to call them, admin? How do you run the business? What's your key to And all three of them told me. All three of them opened up to me because I wasn't a challenge to them. And I got these three men, uh, and they were men, sadly. Uh, there's some hugely successful women as well, who Zoe Bywater, Belvoir Bedford, awesome. Uh, I, I always ring her up for advice. But they told me how to do it. And I was like, wow. So I went back to Edinburgh 
armed and ready. I didn't have to sit and make the mistakes of employing the wrong people. They told me how to do it. You know, and uh, actually, Paul Collins is still going to this day in Lincoln. He must be about 95, but he's still going strong. But that, that's the key to the franchise. You have friends, not enemies. You have advice at every turn. Yeah, no, it's true. It is uh, having the ability to have that back and forth without competition, really, because it is just a network and the idea is to make everybody stronger. And the only way that you can do that is by connecting everybody and sharing that knowledge and expertise and just continuing to grow, I, I guess. it's uh, 100%. It, 100%. Yeah. Look, it's good to talk. You're too young to remember this, Susie, but BT did it under Maureen Lippman when she said it's good to talk. And it is good to talk. <laughs> it's true. That is true. I suppose looking at the almost looking at the other side, looking at um, agencies that are uh, thinking, well, we're, we're already big enough. We want to continue expanding. Um, you, you know, what's what's the advantage of taking on the franchising model versus expanding through any other means? You know, why, why franchising over other means of expansion? Basically, they, they, they're going to get the, the tools that they maybe don't realise are out there. You know, they mightn't realise this good Lord. They mightn't realise this fixed flow. They mightn't realise this inventory high. They're going to get access to these, but also you get economies of scale because the more offices I have, the more I can negotiate prices with portals, with with the, the suppliers. But they also get, they get what I touched on earlier, they, they get the way to work. They get to share all of that. You know, they've been working really hard and they've got the sixth best and well done to them because they're getting the top tens hard. Get top fives extremely hard. But they've hit, they've hit a wall. We all hit a wall in business. We think, my goodness, but they haven't got, they maybe go home to their wife, their husband, their partner and ask advice. But they say, oh, well, what do you think is what you get? My wife says, well, what do you think? And I'm thinking, well, I've asked you the question, but you're asking me what do I think? But, you know, and I get why she does that. You know, I really get it. But, uh, you know, you just, instead you can ring Derek or ring Anthony or ring Charlie, what to do? Oh, well, my advice is do this because of blah, blah, blah. But, you know, they, they get regular training that enhances their staff because what a lot of people do is they're too busy working in their business and not on their business. And, you know, and the staff are getting a bit disgruntled. The top five are headhunting their best staff. And so hence they get up three steps and they fall down two. Whereas as soon as you get the, to the staff, you must, must, must train the staff, make them feel part of the team because they are the people that make it work. On all my visits to the 52 offices at, at Martin & Co. in Dubai, in Malta, I would always go to the offices and talk to the staff first before talking to the franchisee because I wanted to know if the staff were happy. I'd looked at all the stats. I knew where there was a bit of weakness. Let's say Susie was losing a lot. She was getting a lot of listings and not closing them. I'd come and say, Susie, you got 10 listings. You only closed three. Is there a reason why you lost seven? Oh, well, well, okay, but let's get you on a little training course. We've got a couple of other people here. We'll get you in a training course and we'll just renew what you already knew. But but they feel you they feel and quite rightly feel that you're investing in them. You know, and they're coming along and they're having a nice training course. They're learning from others because then they're saying they're not the only ones having trouble. They realize that the other offices are having the same troubles. Because you think you're the only person in the world that's got all these issues on your 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 shoulders, but you're not. You know, it's a common theme. So it's you need to then see the other people and, and actually they start talking and then they start growing inside. Their self-confidence goes up. So that's what uh, that's what a franchise can bring is that unity, uh, is that, that camaraderie. 
the best agents in the land look after their staff. That's the key to it. The best companies in the land look after their staff. Now, that's very true, especially at the moment with, uh, I know it's, uh, they say it's an employee's market and, and all of this in terms of uh, moving between agencies and uh, things. So it, it makes sense. It always makes sense, but especially in, in today's market, yeah. I think. I mean, while, while we're on the topic of talking about staff, perhaps let's look a little bit at how in terms of managing staff within um, within a, a franchise model. I mean, I know that when we've discussed before, we've talked about this idea of the self-employed model um, and perhaps some of the pitfalls around that. Uh, would you be able to talk a little bit around that in your, your, your uh, thoughts yeah. and opinion? It's uh, something close to my heart. Having, uh, you know, I, I looked from afar from Dubai and I looked from Malta at this, this uh, fixation in the United Kingdom, Great Britain and Northern Ireland of going to self-employed model. Uh, and I, I don't get it. You know, I've worked it in the Middle East and I've worked it in Malta. And I'm sorry, it doesn't work because, uh, you, no, number one, they're self-employed. So you can't say, Susie, you have to come in for a meeting at 9 a.m. Now, all that, these examples are examples I've come across. And I say, but the morning meeting's 9 o'clock. Yeah, but little Johnny's not well, so I'm looking after him. I'm not coming in. So because you've not got them on a contract, you can't – I don't like using the word order, but I have to say order. And, you know, you, you can't say every Monday morning and every Wednesday we've got a 9 o'clock morning meeting. If they're self-employed, they can do what they want. Yeah, Yes, you can then say, right, I'm not employing you anymore or self-employing you, but then you have to go and find someone else. And invariably the people – that come into the self-employed model are coming in with this dream that the pavement's paved with gold and, and estate agency's easy, you know, and lettings is easy. Oh, it's easy. All you do is just do a view and someone says, I'm buying it, I'm letting it, and that's it. I'm thinking, I, hope, I wish it was like that. You know, there's so many facets. There's so many uh, people that turn you down or, or say no. You have to deal with negativity and, 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 uh, and people saying no to you so much. But the other thing is, you know, when it comes to then uh, work, you're self-employed, you're controlling your own diary. And again, your family will take precedent over your work because you're working from home. And I'm not an advocate of working from home. I need, I'm a person, I need people around me. I know that some people can work from home, good on them. I'm not one of them. And I just feel that you feed off other people. Whereas if you're in the house yourself, I just, any mental health can't be, getting any stronger because you're on your own and you have to drive yourself whereas at work you've got other people driving you but then you, you get a view and you think I have to go and pick little Johnny up at the, that school at three o'clock now this can be mum dad whatever and I have to do a viewing but little Johnny will always take precedent because it's your son is or it's your daughter or whatever and I just I just worry about it and you know, when I look at, I'm not going to name the companies that have the self-employed model in the UK, but one of them's recently closed an office down. I wonder why. I don't know, but they've closed one down. Uh, uh, another one who uh, proclaimed to have over 50 new offices opened up didn't say that they probably shut 50 down. So uh, the, was there a net gain? I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, I can only read what... Uh, the industry rights in, in their comments and property industry eye. Uh, but, you know, I don't see it having taken hold. And, and let's be brutally honest with you, how many of you out there remember Remax? Remax came to this country about 20, 25 years ago with that model. Can anyone tell me how many offices Remax have in the UK? Not many. And does anyone tell me what market share they've got? Not much. So actually 20 to 25 years ago, we tried this. 
it failed in inverted commas. There's still some good Remax offices, but it didn't take on as it's done in America, Canada, Australia, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so now we've got the other overseas companies coming in trying to do it. But the UK, we're different. You know, I know uh, to our European cousins, they don't like that. Uh, but we are a different breed. You know, when we don't like the gamble. Self-employment seen as a gamble by a lot of people. You know, yes, someone might be shouting at, the, shouting at me right now saying I'm taking the franchise is going to self-employment. You're absolutely right. It is going to self-employment, but you're going in with a brand, with a support mechanism to keep you going, and you're the, you're the owner of that business. So, yes, you're self-employed, but you're the owner. You know, but I just have seen it not work especially in, in both Dubai and Malta. I put my heart and soul into training negotiators. And then three months later, six months later, they decide to go because they've been offered a full-time job. So I see it as a, somebody to come in initially, get yourself in there and tell them I'm a real estate agent or I'm a state agent, but actually looking for a real job, you know, that's full-time. So I just, you know, I wish all these other companies well, but... I started this by saying, you know, uh, we want pure franchising. There's a reason why Belvoir and the Property Franchise Group are the best, because they do pure franchising, bar one company within uh, the Property Franchise Group. So, you know, the best form of flattery is to copy someone. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. They're, you know, they've got, what, 700 offices? Tremendous organisations. We're coming to get them, but tremendous organisations. Well, that, those uh, those comments, it's perhaps a good lead into my next question, which, uh, so I think you've already given one, but would you have any tips for, for franchisees out, out there looking to obviously make their, their franchise their branch a, a success? You know, would you have any other tips, perhaps, I should say? Look, life's about hard work. Life's about relationships. Uh, if you do the simple things well, guess what? The hard things come naturally. Uh, you know, I tell everyone, they come on, I do five three-hour training courses, and I tell them at the very start, the opening thing is, if you do absolutely everything, I'm going to tell you in this, you will be a success. But I'll tell you all now, none of you will do 100% of it, because you'll all think you know better. So good luck to you, but I'm giving you the direct guarantee. And all that is, is hard work, is getting out and networking, you know, at, Social media has ruined a lot of that, getting out and meeting people and giving your business card and talking. You know, if you want to know the answer to a question, guess what you do? Ask the question. You know, not people, not enough people do it. And just getting your face out there, be different. Because people buy from people. I can certainly tell them how to do that and where to go and how to do it. You know, uh, uh, it's key to it. It's building relationships and being known as the person to go to. Uh, for that, you know, like, like a good log, you've got Costas, a huge character. And I just, I, when I think good log, I think Costas, because he's that effervescent, so much energy. He knows how to network. You know, that that's, you know, if you look at every organization, the person that, that makes it work is the person that's out there meeting everyone, talking to everyone. Yes, you can do it in social media, and we'll help you on that. But social media is the brand awareness. It's just getting the name out there. You then follow up with going and seeing people and talking to them. And not a lot of people do that, but also having structure to your day. If you don't have structure to your day, then some things will fall through the hole. So 
you know, set aside two hours to network in the day, two hours to do follow-ups. You know, one of my ones and my franchisees in Dubai will, will vouch for this one. I used to go to them and say, we haven't got enough uh, listings, Derek. I said, okay. I says, you've got 15,123 leads on your system. They say, that's correct. I says, ring them all. I'll come back in one month's time and guarantee you've got listings. And they'd look at you because we don't talk to the listings. We bring them on and think, okay, okay, they didn't want to sell. Cheerio. And they look for the next one. But you should still be talking to these people. Ring them up three months later say, hi, Susie, I know you didn't want to move, didn't want to sell your property. Has anything changed? Because we'd be delighted to sell your property. We still feel we'll get you 325000 and we'll sell it within a week. And you never know that just that one phone call is enough because that you've shown an interest in you. You think, oh, that's lovely. That's Anthony Martin's called me again. But they don't do it. Average agent does not do that. So it's just teaching them good practice is what you get with franchise, but also... Uh, you've got oversight then and I'll always challenge them. Charlie Benz, an area manager, challenge them. We'll look at the numbers. You know, John Cook would always hammer this into me about the numbers, the numbers, the numbers, the numbers. And he's right because the numbers don't lie. So, you know, why have you lost that list and what, what, what have you learned from it? Is there, is there a, a gap in the training that I can bring in for you that will, will help you get it the next time do we need to do extra marketing what do we need to do in other ways what i'm saying is how can i help you make more money that's what i'm asking you yes i make money you know i'll charge you a a percentage of that but you're getting the vast majority of it so i want to know how i can help you and that's what a good franchisor should do a good franchisor should have support in the ground should have constant training some of them the first thing they do uh is they have a successful year, and I'm talking from experience here, and it's a successful year. They look at the area managers and say, we've got five area managers here. They can't possibly have been responsible for this growth. Let's pay them all off because we don't need them anymore. And guess what happens the next year? They don't have that growth, surprisingly. So support and training is still the core of, of me as a person, but the Anthony Martin franchising brand, because you need it. It'll always be there, and you can quote me on this. It'll never be cut. It'll always be there. Not cut, cut, cut. Grow, grow, grow. I think that's a perfect way to transition into the next part, which is talking about uh, Anthony Martin a little bit more, uh, just as a bit of a case study. But before we do that, I think uh, we can perhaps take a quick break. Are you always worrying about compliance at your agency? And just want it off your plate? Well, that's one of the things Good Lord's here to help you with. From sending the how to rent guide and attaching property certificates to taking the right deposit amounts and sending prescribed information, we'll help you take care of lettings compliance all in one place. Head to goodlord.co to check compliance off your to do list. Good Lord, it's just that good. So now let's have a quick chat about Anthony Martin. You're starting to build out uh, the the franchise model within Anthony Martin now. So perhaps one of the main questions is really, why now? How was Anthony Martin expanding previously and why this transition into the franchising model? Yes, uh, Anthony actually, uh, I say I met him four years ago and ironically uh, at that time he wanted to launch franchising. Uh, because he saw it was the way of growing a business with 
with less outgoings, for example, because you know the nine offices that we had for in our franchising, the nine offices, that's nine rents, that's nine managers, that's say 18 negotiators, that's nine right moves, nine good lords, nine everything. So uh, to, to really grow a business, if you're not Elon Musk or uh, Richard Branson, then franchising is the way to go. You know, and we always talk about the most famous ones, McDonald's. How would McDonald's have grown out of that one little McDonald's franchise to worldwide domination of the burger market with with not as big a capital outline? That's what franchising did. So Anthony, when he set the business up, had great plans. He, he's done exceptionally well. He's a very impressive, I say young man because he's younger than me, a uh, very impressive young man to get to nine offices is superb achievement. But now we want to get to 99. But, you know, to get to that, it's just not possible doing it the way he did the nine. So Anthony had approached me and said, would I come on board uh, to do it as a franchise model because he knew that's that's the way it worked. You know, where we are in North Kent, there are other franchise models here that are doing exceptionally well. You know, they're right there in the top three. We're in the top three as well, I may add, but they're in the top three in the area. So he knew to compete with them and the whole, let's say, DA postcode, for example, he needed to go to the franchise model. So that's why he brought me on board, just to, to get quicker growth uh, in the business and get the name out, you know, not just in Kent, Surrey and Sussex, but we're talking to people in Northern Ireland, where I'm from. We're talking to people in Scotland, where I used to live. Uh, and we've had a few overseas people talking to us. So, you know, it's one step at a time. But I'm never going to say no if someone says I want to open up in Burton, Burton and Trent, for example, somewhere close to your heart, Susie. If I had a phone call from there, I wouldn't say no to them. You know, the example I always give is Belvoir and Grantham. The first ever franchise was Elgin in Scotland. You know, you couldn't go any further north, really. So, yes, we want to grow and because the name's really well known in the North Kent, Southeast London area. So it makes sense for us to expand out from there. But we will look at other areas. But, you know, that's where we want to go and, and get get the Anthony Martin brand, which is a really strong, vibrant, uh, modern brand. Get it out there. I mean, that was perhaps going to be one of my questions, this idea of the brand. I think that for the franchise model, it is obviously essential. You say that, you know, that the name's out there within the, the area that it currently operates. And so how, how do you know that the brand is strong enough to be able to carry that to expand further afield and even internationally, as I believe next steps in the future, yeah. that that's where it'll be heading. Now, to grow it uh, out, you can see from, from the offices uh, where they're, they're doing business, they're gradually growing out and getting business in areas that we're not got an office in. So that shows you our brand is penetrating and, and moving out there. So, you know, so when you sit and look at a map, so you go to, let's say, Swanscombe office, and he's had two lessons in Greenhide, and he's got two lessons in Gravesend. So I would say to Lee at Swanscombe, Lee, you're doing really well in Swanscombe, but now you're starting to get the north of the, the of, of Swanscombe. Let's open another office up there. And so that shows us that our name is moving out. We're strong in Swanscombe, but we're now getting strong out with of it. So that's how you know the brand's going to penetrate because of that. However, obviously, come to then growing outside of this area, it's a bit more difficult uh, because the brand's not known uh, outside, you know, uh, outside of sort of the North Kent area. But that all comes from, again, trying to link them up. So 
uh, if you were to, to to grow, let's say you don't want to go any further than let's say Crawley or Croydon. You don't want to go any. I know you can't go any further than Brighton, or else you're in the sea. But you know what I mean. And you don't. And, and over to Dover and up to to Gillingham. So if you did that little map, I've got a meeting at one o'clock to discuss this actually with Charlie Ben. Uh, but if you did that, and as you open in, and guess what? That that moves say twenty miles east and, and west or north where applicable. And then you start again. However, internationally, uh, uh, you know, something close to my heart, and because I've done it twice abroad, uh, I can do it a third time. Uh, I was I was selling uh, a Dubai brand to the Saudis, to the Jordanians, to the Kuwaitis, to the Bahrainis. Well, they're different countries. So why can I not sell Anthony Martin to Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland? We're all one country. Yeah? So... Uh, if you have a strong enough support mechanism and you offer them something unique, and the unique that I can offer the overseas is they have access to the South Southeast England market. Now, outside of London, it's the hottest market. And with, with the train services at Ebbsfleet, this area, you know, we've, we've got the re- the seats in the north, the, the northern powerhouse that the current government are spending money on, which it needs it up north. But the southeast is still getting money, especially Kent. So and Dartford is the top in the, is in the top five of areas for Londoners to move to because they can buy a house in Dartford for the price of one bed apartment in London. So we're adding for overseas clients they can buy a buy to let or buy something for their the children to go to university through us. So we're going to tag them all up. But also if they want to buy something in Marbella, they want to buy something in the Algarve, they want to buy something in Barbados or Mauritius. I can help them there because of my old offices I had in a previous employment. So opening abroad is hugely, hugely challenging for the brand and for me personally and for the management team at Anthony Martin Franchising, but it can be done. It's been done twice. Why can it not be done the third time? And just, I know that we already did touch on that towards the beginning in terms of the, the challenges that you do have internationally, as well as the terminology, and I know that you said that obviously the legislation is is a huge part mm. of of, um, of you know operating in different countries. Um, what what are the are there any other main challenges that people should be looking out for if they're looking at expanding in that way? Going abroad, uh, if you're not from said countries, it is it is difficult for me. I have to give them a different operations manual, uh, you know, uh, because I have to use different terminology, uh, you know, like in Malta, it's called a convenue or a promise of sale. That's an exchange in, in the UK. Uh, so you have to give them different terminology, but also you have to be aware of cultural differences. So hence the operations manual and the brand guidelines of Saudi Arabia, we have to take some pictures out that you could use in Dubai and the United Arab Emirates, we couldn't use there. So if you're going to look abroad, uh, personally, I'd want someone from that country would be my number one ideal. Yes, there's lots of Brits want to go to Spain. They love Spain and and think they can open a business there. Now, in certain parts of Spain, you can because it's very Anglified. And, uh, you know, a good friend of mine, Rick Flay, who used to be a Belvoir franchisee, has taken a, a, a franchise in uh, in Spain. I forget where it is. Sorry, Rick, if, you, if you're listening to this. But and he'll be a success for us because he's a very successful person. So you need to be a hugely strong character to to be successful abroad if you're not from said place. And you've got the obvious uh, language barriers. You know, uh, you know, 
in Dubai, in the Middle East in general, they speak English, but they'll but they'll go into Arabic when required because that's their mother language and quite rightly as well. But then you're sitting there not knowing what's being said, which is an, as a franchisor is unhealthy. You know, and this, so you have to be careful there. If you're going to go to that country as a, a Brit, know the language, yeah? Understand the custom, understand the laws, uh, you know, and how it's run. But I can tell you all of that. If you want to go and find out yourself and start it as Susie Real Estate, go for it. But there'll be lots of pitfalls. Whereas I can say to you, well, if you want to go to Spain, this is what you need to know. This is what you need to do. And go here because, you know, it's a hugely uh, English-speaking community. Or if you want to go to uh, Barbados or you want to go to Mauritius or you want to go to the Middle East, no problem. So that's, again, what you get on the Dante Martin franchising brand if we were to go international. And, you know, our USP would be that. You know, I spoke earlier about our two rivals. They aren't international. You know, they're only in, well, actually, uh, uh, property franchise group aren't even in Northern Ireland, so we're going to call them GB, but Belvoir are UK. So I want to be UK, but also want our Anthony Martin franchising. also want to be international, so we're a wee bit different. We've got our USP there. You know, I ask everyone, Susie, if you want to go and buy a property in Marbella now, where would you go? Yeah. Wouldn't know, would you? And no, I really wouldn't, as you can tell by that big pause. <laughs> I challenge any estate agent if, who is in the estate agency to buy, if you buy, they wouldn't know. They'd go online. First thing you do, let's go Google. Estate agents, Marbella. Well, do you know what you're going to get? But I can tell you someone. I can give you their name and take my phone. They're on my phone straight through. That's what I want to try and bring that 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 COVID sort of like has helped us because we can do calls like this. I mean, they can see a property live uh, in Marbella talking to, you know, let's say Anthony Martin Marbella. So that's that's maybe a year to two years away. We want to get the core growing first and then move out. No, I think that's uh, perhaps in that'll give us more material to talk in another podcast in the future yeah. then when, when we're there. Yeah. Um, I think that we're nearly out of time, but I think perhaps just to wrap up, um, I, I'd be interested to hear just uh, if, if this could be brief in the next few minutes, but um, what do you think the future of franchising is? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of consolidation going on in the industry mm-hmm. in general at the moment. I mean, how, how do you see this expanding and continuing to grow and uh, Look, expand within yeah, the industry? It's a really it's another great question. And yes, the consolidation is massive. Franchising is becoming the 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 main the main estate agency uh, weapon of choice now, and uh, you know over the, the you know the consolidation's been huge. You know every Monday you read someone else has been bought, which is awesome, and we want to be in those headlines, and we will be. You know we're you know uh, we want to be growing out, but it, the future's definitely there because it's it's it gives a control and the help to to everyone. Why would people choose us whenever we've got the others? You know, our, our, I never touched on it, but our main USP is we do the property management in-house and we'll pay you 50% of the fees, whereas other ones incur the cost of 167 different laws to be compliant with. But we would do that for them. So I think we're ahead of the game, our head of competitors there. But they are going franchising model. It's something close to my heart. I understand why they're going there. It's a race to the top. Uh, and certainly we're in the race. We've qualified for the final at the Olympics. I'm not saying we'll win it. But we'll do well. And in five years' time, 10 years' time, who knows where we're going to be. But certainly, we, if, if, if gold medals for drive, determination, energy, then Anthony Martin franchising would win double gold, treble gold. 
Well, I think that's a fantastic uh, way to wrap up this uh, this conversation, this podcast episode. So, I mean, thanks ever so much for taking the time to have a chat with me about that, Derek. I think that there's lots there that people can take away and uh, in order to understand where the franchising might be for them, whether t- taking on a franchise branch would be for them as well. So, yeah, thank you ever so much for joining. Thank you so much. And thanks, good Lord, for the opportunity. Thank you, Susie.